Welcome to the show. It's Brandon Burns. This is the Team Up podcast and vodcast show. If you're listening, a very big welcome to you and also welcome to this week's episode. We'll dive into that very shortly. But just to remind everyone and encourage you all to review us on the iTunes store, you can also find us on Spotify, Stitcher and many other platforms. And also you can visit us at teamupdigital.com.au and get in contact with us at info at teamupdigital.com.au. So that's enough from us for now, but on to the weekly show. But thanks again, it's Brandon from the Team Up Show, and enjoy. See you on the other side. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Brandon Burns Show, proudly presented by Enterprise Monkey. And with me is our very special guest, the VC of Deakin University, Jane Den Hollander. How are you? Well, thank you. <laughs> it's great to have you on the show. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for the invitation. Oh, my pleasure. I'm actually quite excited that we're able to land you as a guest. You're, you're officially our biggest A-list guest to date. <laughs> I think we're about show number 13. So, okay. yeah. Well. <laughs> we're on our journey. We've got intro music now, and we've got uh, lighting, as you can see, and, and the cameras and the mic set up. So we're ready to go. Thanks for listening to us, guys, on iTunes and Spotify, iHeartRadio, and tune in. And for those of you watching on YouTube, thanks so much for joining us again. All right, well, I thought I'd take this opportunity to give Jane um, the chance to introduce herself, although she needs no introduction. And maybe you can just tell me, Jane, about, obviously, um, the current um, role and, and situation at Deakin, and also, you know, your story of how you sort of come about to, to be the VC of one of Australia's largest universities. Okay, well, yes, Deakin is the sixth largest university officially in Australia. Um, maybe we'll be fifth this year. We're 42 years old. So we're one of the good success stories of higher education in Australia. And, of course, what everybody in Geelong loves, we're a regionally headquartered university. Um, big campus in Melbourne, camp- two campuses in Geelong, as you know, Warm Ponds now. There's yeah. medical um, engineering. Amazing. Um, exquisite um, campus, wonderful place for students, a small campus in Warrnambool, and then our big ambition, the Cloud Campus, where nearly one in four students at Deakin now study. Well, But how did I get there? <laughs> yeah. So I was born in Zambia. I'm the child, the eldest child of four of, of um, Irish migrants. Yes. My father was an Irish Catholic, um, was in the Navy during the war. Um, when he got back to Ireland, he'd always thought that Churchill would um, would unite South and North Ireland. He didn't, so he left. Yep. And he got on a boat, was coming to Australia. Interestingly, got off at Cape Town, ended up in Zambia, North, in those days, the Northern Rhodesian British Protectorate, and um, was mining copper. Wow. Dug it out of the ground. My mother then got on a boat and went out from Liverpool, and the rest is history. I was born yeah. there, and then we were peripatetic to an extent in Africa. Mm-hmm. My, my two sisters were born in, um, in, in South Africa. My brother was born in Ghana. So we're, we've been pretty much where there's minerals, mostly gold. Yeah. Um, and then we settled in South Africa. My mother put a foot down, and we all had to go to school. Mm-hmm. And um, went to school. I clearly was reasonably bright. Yep. Ended up at Ritz University in Johannesburg mm-hmm. and um, from there an honours degree went on a scholarship to do my PhD in Cardiff yes. to work in cell biology. I did zoology as my first degree but I did the cell biology side of mm-hmm. zoology, not fluffy rabbits but the cells. <laughs> yep. um, what does a cell do and learning about DNA and RNA, things that would be um, um, useful 
and most, most young people watching this would know what DNA is. So that led to me going to the University of Wales in Cardiff, where, and during that time I met my husband, who's a West Australian. Might I say to you, Geelong listeners, a West Coast eagle <laughs> supporting West Australian, which has caused a little bit of difficulty in our journey here, but never mind that. Um, we had two children while we were there. We were in the UK for quite a substantial amount of time, Cardiff and then Manchester. And then we emigrated, the children and I emigrated back when Jerome got a job back in Perth. Right. And we came back to Perth. I worked at the University of Western Australia. I then spent quite a long time at Curtin, where I ended up as the Deputy Vice-Chancellor Academic Provost. Um, and from there, I was headhunted to be the Vice Chancellor of Deakin, well, which was eight years ago, almost to the day today. How's it um, feel to be headhunted? Well, <laughs> it's flattering. Um, did that make you an offer you couldn't refuse? Uh, well, you know, what, why did that? Why did we come? So, for a few years, I'd been made, you know, people had phoned me, you know, mm. you're interested in this job, and I wouldn't go out of the state yeah. um, because the children were at home. And yeah, in right. the space of a little while, my daughter went overseas to work, she's an engineer. My son moved out with his girlfriend, he was at uni, and my dog died. Oh, and so there I was, all on my own, still filling the, the fridge with food for, you know, for, for hungry children, particularly my son who just used to eat straight out of the fridge. And Jerome said to me, look, the next job offer that comes off on, why don't you take it? Absolutely. Or consider it. And believe it or not, about two weeks later, the headhunter from Deakin phoned and said, yeah. why don't you think about Deakin? And so I did. I've never been to Geelong. Yeah. I've only seen those terrible photographs of horizontal rain during the old football match. <laughs> and I remember saying to Geelong, oh, I don't know, we better go and have a look. But I went for the interviews, I was offered the job, and then we came down to Geelong. And the first day we were here was about... May, that mm -hmm. May, I remember we came for a, for a reconnaissance with the children, the yeah. kids came as well, and by now they're adults, mm -hmm. and it was appalling, it was horizontal rain, we went down to Queenscliff, you know, to the to yeah. little marina there, we went up in that little tower, and you could see nothing, and <laughs> we're West Australians, and the kids were weeping with laughter, first of all we were frozen, yeah. we had no wet weather gear with us. And they both said, you won't last a week here, Mum. And anyway, they all flew back, of course, to Western Australia. And the first few months, I guess, were quite challenging with the weather here. Yep. Um, but here we are. It's been an absolute journey. Yeah. Um, great journey, great challenge, huge strategy, which the university embraced. And they certainly embraced me as a non-Victorian, as yep. a West Australian and my quirky ways. And I think as a team, you know, the university as a team, we have achieved beyond what was asked of us. Yeah. And you can never ask more of your staff than to do better than yeah. you set the target. So it's a, it's, a, it's a big journey, eight years and a lot of, has been achieved. But if you had to maybe select like top three highlights or achievements, um, and this can be even within like the first year or two. Okay. Well, the first big achievement for me was, you know, when, so I just need to explain the context. So, in 2007, when I was at Curtin, I had amalgamated IT across the whole university, 40 mm -hmm. email systems. I think we had seven learning management systems. You yep. know the kind of thing that happens in big corporations. Yep. And I had merged all of that into one unit, 
which was quite an achievement. Mm -hmm. And in 2007, I remember watching Steve Jobs hold up the iPhone. Yeah. And if there was one thing I knew, it was that I wanted one of those, and everybody I knew wanted one of those phones. And we got one. Mm -hmm. We went and we bought one, and we're a university, you don't spend money lightly. Oh my God, look how expensive. We went and bought one, and we looked at it, and that was the future. Mm -hmm. So we got big data very quickly. This is going to be a data machine. We're going to be able to do things that we had dreamed of before. Mm -hmm. And then go forward the next two and a half years and I get to, to, to Deakin and the systems were very secure, mm -hmm. but nobody had iPhones, nobody had iPads, um, people were still working on big desktops, people were trapped on a desk and I knew the next generation of students coming in or were going to have smartphones. And so our strategic plan, as you know, was a big conversation. Anybody who wanted to be in the conversation could. 2,000 staff or more joined the conversations. We had something called CREATE, was, the, was what we did it under. And there were groups on everything, you know, engagement, teaching, how to change the way we trained our academics to teach the kind of learning, the kind of assessment, mm -hmm. the kind of everything. What should buildings look like? And we came up with our strategic plan, Live the Future, yep. L-I-V-E, which is Live the Future, learning ideas, value and experience. But the key to that was that we made our ambition, mm -hmm. being having originated as a distance educator, to be the best university at the digital frontier. That's the thing, I think that I'm most proud of, that we embraced that collectively. Mm -hmm. The university got it. Everybody got what the digital frontier means because, of course, we had worked in a distance environment, yep. but we were going to go onto this with steroids. Um, best University of the Digital Frontier doing two things, education for the jobs of the future mm -hmm. for our students, and then research that makes a difference to the communities we serve. Research for the communities that Deacon lives in and serves. Those were going to do our two primary pillars. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things I'm most proud of is there was total embracement of that. It was a student-centred strategic plan, it still is. Um, a consultant who did a big assessment of plans across the country phoned me and said, it is the only plan I've seen that is completely student-centric, mm -hmm. but that you absolutely focus on what staff need, how they can, how they can get their needs and their skills and how you support them. Yes. And I saw that as a big tick for us, mm -hmm. for us as the whole of Deakin. And I think to this day we're a very connected, very, our culture is, um, is a good one, it's a supportive one. You know, we have our fights, everybody does, you know, there's often little things. Um, but compared to a lot of places, it's a happy place. And when I arrived, we were sub 500. Mm -hmm. in the so just explain that for the audience. What does so that the, ranking, the ranking systems in the world um, go from about a thousand to one. Yes. Now one is often Harvard, Stanford, Yale, Princeton, yep. um, Oxford, Cambridge. One of those fight out one. They, these universities are all five, six hundred years old. They have big deals. They are amazing places. Mm -hmm. And we were in the six hundred to seven hundred bracket. Yes. That's eight years ago. Yeah. Eight years ago. And when I arrived, and in my selection, the chancellor, the chairman of the board. He's called a chancellor in a university. He said to me, 
we want you to move the ranking. And I blithely said, oh, we'll move that ranking to around the five to four hundreds by 2020. And they thought that was really ambitious to go to 100 places. And in 2017, not 29, not 2018, 2016, what am I saying? In 20, end of 2016, 17, our 2017 ranking was 215. Wow. On the Shanghai Jiaotong, which is the main ranking of universities with um, objective methods, only using the data. What does your data say? Yep. That was the one thing. And the second thing, we were first in Australia, in Victoria, sorry, for student satisfaction with their student experience. Really? And yeah. That's this, a big one. now this year, um, 2018, we were 213 in the world. And I'm hoping that by 2020, we'll be sub 200. We'll Amazing. see. Yep. But we're in the top 2% of universities in the world. And when you think that 10,000 are assessed, mm -hmm. to be near the 200s, Yep. When you're 42 years old, or this happened when we were 40 years old, is no mean thing. And that's what connected staff who believe a strategy have an understanding of what is our vision. Mm -hmm. We want to be the best at the digital frontier, now let's get working. Mm -hmm. When you have staff, a connect, connected staff, and there's over 4,000 staff who are permanent or, or long contract staff at Deakin, mm -hmm. and then we employ many, many casual staff as well. When you can get that many people connected on an ideal, yes. you can do anything you want. And that's what we've done. And I think broadly Geelong, Geelong has benefited the most. Yeah. We're headquartered in Geelong. This has been this incredible success story for Geelong, but also for Australia yeah. and for Victoria. So um, being sub 200 is a big deal. Like, well done. Tell me, what does that mean in the terms of um, you know, reputation and like, how does a student potentially view something like that and relates with and go, wow, this, this tells me good things about the university? You know. Domestically, students go on reputation um, and their reputation, your reputation often lags. So Melbourne and Monash are our two big competitors. Yep. Older universities ranked higher than us and are known. But we are number one for learning satisfaction. We have spent a fortune on the student experience. Mm -hmm. Education for the jobs of the future has meant that we've changed the whole way we teach, um, the whole way we teach. You know, what are the skills that students need for that first, second and third job? Yep. Okay, once you know what those skills are, how do you assess those skills? Once you understand what the assessment is, then you say, what should the curriculum look like? Mm -hmm. Now, just to contrast that, when I was a girl, mm -hmm. when I was teaching biochemistry, you'd start with, oh, well, this is what I'm going to teach. A week before the exam, you'd think, now, what should I assess? And then you'd assess it. That's not the right way. Mm -hmm. What is it that the student needs at the coalface? Mm -hmm. The first job, the second job, and, of course, that third, fourth, and fifth job. So yeah. skills that are enduring, but also modern content. And yeah. that's what we changed. And number one for learning satisfaction in Victoria has certainly helped Deakin. Yep. Our, number, our domestic numbers have grown. Where big international rankings really matter is overseas. Mm -hmm. Agents and countries um, notice where your ranking is. And our ranking has opened doors to partnerships internationally that five years ago we could not dream of. Yep. The kind of people who want to talk to us now for two reasons. First of all, we have a brilliant ranking. 
and secondly, our reputation in the cloud for being at the digital frontier, the innovations that we as a university have done, mm -hmm. almost the startup culture to try things, and not everything works, but goodness, a lot of things do work, has given us reputation as an innovator, mm -hmm. as a nimble university that understands where it's going and knows what it needs to do. But yes. we've tried to stay humble with that. You have to stay humble. We're headquartered in Geelong. We know who our people are and where we come from. And that matters. Great. Unreal. So, tell me, um, obviously we're sitting in a startup incubator right now. Right now. We're a regional incubator, Runway Geelong. Um, we have people that come through the doors who are embarking upon their startup journey for the very first time. Some, this is the very first business they've started. Others may have um, done a business in the past and have now come to go through a program to try and do it right and execute their big idea and scale up. What's some advice you could give to students who are maybe considering entering university but also have a really good idea or an entrepreneurial passion? Mm. What's, what, what would you say to them if they're umming and umming about, oh, do I go and do my course in uh, business? Or do I go and pursue an idea first up, straight off the bat? Yeah. You know? That's a hard one because famously Steve Jobs, we all know, bombed out of uni and then started. Yeah. Um, Bill Gates did the same. But that's at the top end. You yeah, know? Yeah. That's, that's a very interesting... And, you know, there's always a... You know, there's, I noticed there's four women sitting out there and only three men. What a great... What a great indicator, maybe, for our future. Um, <laughs> that there are women who are saying, I want to be, you know, I want to have a go. Yep. So what does Deacon do? My, my view is that in the 21st century, yes. and heading to 2020 and the next decade, mm -hmm. that if you're smart enough, a university education is a good idea. It gives yep. you skills, life skills, lifelong skills of critical reasoning, critical thinking, if you may, in other words, a capacity to write, confidence to argue, and a capacity to understand where to find knowledge. Yep. And you can do that with a degree and understand a lot of things. While you're at university, you can do entrepreneurship, but you don't need to do that. Yep. Um, so I think that is one observation I do make, is that many in our startup culture do come off the background of a, of a good, solid university education. Yeah. Or TAFE training. Mm -hmm. Get yourself some skills so that you always have a backup to feed yourself. Mm -hmm. Get yourself skills that you can get a job if you need to, if whatever you're doing doesn't work. Yep, totally agree. Now let me talk about what happens at Deakin. So at Deakin, we've looked at that. One of the things we've noticed in the next generation, and I would say the under 35s who are coming to university now, is that many of them are not interested in big corporate culture. They are interested in their own startup, in small, medium enterprise, having a go and trying to see if their idea is the, is the next big idea. Mm -hmm. So we've started something called Deakin Spark. Deacon Spark runs twice a year, once in Geelong, once in Burwood, mm -hmm. and then many, many, many functions at our Deacon downtown in Collins Street, where we take students through. Anyone, any student can apply, any student, in fact, staff can do it if they want, a number of mm -hmm. staff have, because we also have staff, our younger staff saying, heck, I can do this. Yeah. Um, and what we take them through is take an idea, bring an idea, and we'll show you how to take something from your head to the market where you're testing whether anyone will buy it. That's fantastic. Because of course great. that's the journey. Oh, yeah. Buying something is the proof 
that mm -hmm. you have an idea that the population or somebody likes. So it's called, that's called Deacon Spark and numbers of students do that. We then, from the pictures at the end of the period, mm -hmm. um, we'll take a few, we'll give them some money, usually $10,000 I think, and we'll help them yep. either with that idea or with their real idea. Because often yeah. people will take their second idea or their fifth idea through the yep. process. As a pivot, yeah. As a pivot, and then you bring their real idea in. And numbers of them have made money. And you know, you see all sorts. I was at the pictures lately, you know, there's one, one of our engineers, brilliant idea, but he wants to perfect it. It's not ready for the market yet. Yes, it is, take it away, try and help with that. And you yep. see, and from others who are really confident with a thin idea, but are doing very well. Mm -hmm. So you learn and you fail. And what yep. you have to back, fall back on is your degree, which enable you to earn some money and feed yourself while you're going through what is quite a hard thing. Yep. You know, to sit out behind you here in this big space with an idea, trying to work out what will work and what won't, is really tough. It's intellectually challenging. You know, startup is not simple. It's not for the faint-hearted, and you've got to know your business. Yep, totally. And people forget that. You think, oh, I'll just go and try a few startups. Mostly, maybe it does work for some. But think about how long it took Steve Jobs to get to where he got to. And then he was sacked once before he actually made it big with the 2007 iPhone and the iPad. Think about what happened to Bill Gates, how he was hated, yeah. and the lucky break he had when he went um, mm -hmm. and got, I think it was IBM, no, not IBM, someone to use yeah. his operating system. Yep. And they were long journeys. So, and then think about everybody in between and yep. what they've done. But if, I, if anyone who's listening thinking about should I try this, of course you should. The sooner you try, the sooner you know, and you never know mm -hmm. until you know. Yep. And, um, you know, come and talk to universities. There are many courses on, in the units on entrepreneurialism, how mm -hmm. to go through that process in the unit um, worth doing. If you are a university student, Go on internships, join Deacon Spark or the equivalent yep, at your totally. university and try it. If you don't try it, you won't know. And if you won't know, if you don't know, you'll never do it. Yep, fantastic. Mm -hmm. so let's and it is the future. I think small, medium enterprise is the future for Australia. We're not going to be the home of uber, uber corporates. You know, the days of IBM and the big, big corporations um, mm -hmm. are probably are probably over and it's a different kind of job. Maybe we need um, to look at the small medium enterprises where it's interesting, mm -hmm. it changes every year and yep. you might have a go. Okay, so let me flip it now and if we were to talk to people in the audience who are either a business owner or a, a corporate executive, I remember when I listened to you speak at uh, Entrepreneurial Breakfast with, with Matt Fletcher, you mentioned about um, responsibility with employing women but also um, women who were on the outer as well. Could yeah, you just yeah. give me a bit more yeah. information yeah. on what you were talking about that day? Yeah. Okay, well, you know, if you look at the population of Australia, 50% mm -hmm. of us are women. Yep. And um, if you look at the population of Australia and then look up the system a bit, women mm -hmm. start to become absent. Yep. And alongside women becoming absent, people of colour so diversity in our community, we are, we're very proud of being multicultural. Mm -hmm. Well, if we are multicultural, where are our, our people um, who, who are of colour, who are from our region, from any of the countries of our region, many, many, many of whom now live in Australia, mm -hmm. walk down the streets of Geelong, the streets of Melbourne, and you see 
every nationality. Where are those people up our system? How do we encourage them into our system? My biggest challenge, how do we encourage women to keep maths at school? Mm -hmm. If there's one thing, anyone who's listening has children, keep your children doing maths and English as long as you can. Learn a bit of coding. Coding is not being how to use Facebook, in my view. Coding is what you would know, what I used to call programming. I, you know, I had to do programming. It nearly killed me, but it's given me a good brain for thinking about logic and things. Learn a bit of coding. There are many programs mm -hmm. on computers or schools. Um, all sorts of things um, on the on the, you go on the web. There's many apps that will teach you this. There's many classes and keeping our women learning how to code, knowing maths. Everyone can do maths. I've never met anyone who cannot do maths. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not talking about algorithms at the top end of mathematics um, in artificial intelligence. I'm talking about basic maths so you understand logic. Mm -hmm. Too many people give it up in about year three. And then they're lost because we have to know, knowing money, knowing how to code and knowing the logic systems of how to run a business requires a bit of maths, a bit of critical thinking and a capacity to communicate. And we're losing some of that from our, our, our high school years mm -hmm. and that's why I think there's fewer women participating because fewer women are doing these things at school and they yep. need to, particularly for engineering and particularly in the uber phase, the uber uber phase of IT mm -hmm. and it's not information technology people sitting in a room just madly drumming at keyboards. These are people using inter information technology in the fourth industrial revolution to create new wealth, new jobs and businesses which are simply jaw-droppingly fantastic. And many women, I see a number of women out there struggling, sitting in front of their computer agonizing over something that's good we need more of them mm -hmm. we need 50 percent 56 percent of students at deacon are women wow. now we want more of them in it more of them in um in engineering to make sure that we have we have their thinking and their ideas for the jobs of the future the ideas of the future mm -hmm. there's simply not enough at the moment and it's a cultural thing you go if you go north just Get on the plane, go north to Singapore, Hong Kong, China, India, and the number so, of women. No, the number of women doing IT and doing engineering is, is much higher. Really? They are going. Yes. Yeah. It is. I remember when I did a marketing degree, it was um, it was predominantly female. Yes. But, um, I agree. I remember engineering and IT in particular really does need a, mm. an injection of um, female. Mm. Well, particularly know. women who want to get into some of these things, because you know a lot of people have done marketing degrees, and you know the future is is about IT and about marketing. If if you don't mind me saying, how you communicate your idea in on a busy planet of nine billion people totally. is a tough gig. So you need people who understand marketing and can communicate effectively to whatever the audience is. Yep. And the audience may be different. You know, the kind of people I'm talking to, there's one way of talking. There's another way of talking if you were talking to 10-year-olds or whatever yep. it is. Yep. So I think we need to be careful. But if you look across the board, the area that is most lacking is there's is fewer women doing IT and engineering. Yep. And they have the capability to do it, I have to say. It's my view that everyone can. And we don't have enough men going into teaching or into nursing. So why have we feminised these subjects over here 
and masculinise those subjects over there. It's an interesting conundrum for the community to have a conversation about. Totally. All right, so um, you're going to be a deacon um, likely through next year. Yeah, end of um, next year. End of next year. So what's, what's plans for the future? Is there a holiday planned? Is... So there's a holiday. We're off to, Gerard and I are both biologists. The children have flown the nest. Yep. We have no grandchildren. So we'll be going to um, the Galapagos. We've always wanted to go. It's always been this big idea. When we were younger, we couldn't afford it. And now that we're retired, we can. Um, and so we're going to do this as a big treat to ourselves to actually go and look at what Charles Darwin saw and understand a bit more about evolution and then go to Antarctica. I've always, I've always wanted to see Antarctica and just that extreme end of the world and what it looks like. And then I'll decide, you know, I've got a lot of ideas. Um, a couple of people have asked me about startups and would I come and oh, yeah. chair their board and govern them for a while. And I'm a good governor, as you know, I've run a university with an <laughs> iron rod. And I think that's an interesting and tempting idea and probably I will, you know, I'll put my money where my mouth is and maybe get involved with a couple yeah. and see, let's see what we can do. Mm. Now, it's very different running something small to running something big. Mm. Um, you know, while universities are very big, you have that huge ballast of money and mm. the big ship, you know, it takes a lot to change course on a big, big ship. Mm -hmm. Much different to a small entity with very little money, yeah. working on the skin, you know, smell of an oily rag mm -hmm. to see if you can break into and make and be successful. So um, every time we see a new US president um, <laughs> uh, brought into office, the, the incumbent usually will leave uh, a letter or a note of, um, of advice and, you know, uh, to, the, to the new, new president. What, would you, uh, what are you likely to leave in yours for the next vice chancellor of Deakin University? Well, I think I'll say keep thinking big. Mm -hmm. Remember Geelong. Um, I think regional cities are the future of Australia as the big megapolises get too congested and people with creativity and ideas are going to need beauty, the mm -hmm. bay, water, are going to need space. So keep thinking big, you know, what is, what is possible is always, you know, you know, think about the future mm -hmm. and what is possible and always remember, always remember that you're only good as the people you serve and mm -hmm. I think staying true to that thing is to remember that if you're not educating the next generation mm -hmm. and the community has not embraced you then you have no you have no public li social license mm -hmm. and you need to hold on to that social license yeah. and the dearest thing for us is the community of geelong have wrapped their arms around deacon you know we everyone's a true believer we all believe in deacon and its success and what warm ponds might deliver through carbon rev mm -hmm. um, and the very many businesses, the Mond Composites, you know, with um, starting to, to absolutely commercially manufacture carbon fibre, what the Epworth might deliver on the campus. These are big ideas, mm -hmm. big ideas. We've wrapped our arms around it. What will it look like in 2035 would be an interesting question. And I would say we will be a true university town mm -hmm. and we'll be a regional capital that is noteworthy and people will want to live in and come to study, come to work and come to visit. 
All right, well, 2035, we'll book in the second episode of the podcast. <laughs> for then. Um, well, that's great. I don't think there's, um, I mean, anything else you'd like to add maybe for our audience or for startups out there? Well, for the startups out there, um, stop thinking you're going to do and get out there and do it. I think that's what I meet many people saying, oh, I'm thinking of doing it, but I just don't know. If you feel it in your system, you think you've got an idea, go for it. Because if you don't, you'll never, never know. Mm-hmm. Is Geelong going to win the premiership this year in the AFL premiership season? Well, you know, we, you know, our elite sports fields are warm ponds. We, um, we were always putting in a football field. Yep. And then somebody had the brilliant, of idea, brilliant idea, make it exactly like the MCG. Mm-hmm. And so we spent a little more money and it's east-west and it's to the centimetre the same size as the MCG. Wow. has the reticulation that the MCG has. So... They've got, they've got an MCG ground to practice on. That's our contribution to the cats. And you know me, I'm a believer. You can do whatever you set your mind to, and I'm hopeful. But it's a young team, and you grow young teams. And as a, I saw one of our, our um, one of an old, long-standing member of Geelong has lived here for 70 years, and he said to me, you know, always be satisfied. We had some brilliant premierships. Mm. I'd love a premiership next year. But if I have to wait a couple more years, I'll wait. So it's wonderful to watch the team. I didn't know we watch all the time. Um, Jerome now has West Coast, of course, as his number one team, and they <laughs> unfortunately are top of the ladder. <laughs> but his second team is Geelong, and there's nothing he doesn't know about a Geelong player. So I usually just ask him what's happening. And um, but it's a great thing for the town to have a premier um, football team, the yeah. oldest club in in the in the country and a Premier University. It doesn't get better than that. Perfect. All right, Jane Denholder, VC of Deakin University, thank you for your time, and we'll see you all soon. Thank you. Another amazing episode here on the Team Up Show. Thanks so much to our wonderful guests. That's it for now, guys, but don't forget to rate and review us on the iTunes Store, on Stitcher and Spotify. And to get in touch with us, maybe you want to be one of our next guests, or maybe you've got some suggestions for our content, we're more than happy to hear from you. You can email through at info at teamupdigital.com.au and find us across social media on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. For now, thanks so much for listening, guys, and we'll see you on the next episode.